Boy, man, what a wonderful presence we feel today in the presence of the Lord. How glorious, how great is our God. Hallelujah. I appreciate Matthew Beaver sharing, opening in prayer. Very nervous moment for him whenever you accept the call of the ministry. Let me tell you, that nervousness ever leaves, then you're in trouble. Right, right. You should always have a nervousness whenever you get up to say something for God and begin to preach the gospel. For the word of God is that valuable and that powerful. And the moment is so important. Moments are very important. If you think that the time that you spend in your life where that is just casually going through the motions, no, you're living out moments. And moments are very important. Moments, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man is directed by the Lord. So therefore, those moments and days that we live, they are so important, so important. So thank you so much, Matthew. God bless you. We're proud of you. Listen, God's moving in the house in people's hearts. This pandemic has driven people into the acknowledgement of a personal relationship with their God. Church has been affected in its the way people think and the way church is, is handled. Now the church is the people, the church is not the service. The church is the people, it's not the gathering of the worship times but or the buildings, but it's the people. And God's been speaking to individuals' lives. And the Lord is calling people, calling people in the ministry. We're having great numbers of people accepting call of ministry and preaching in their life. I don't know, God's raising up the era of preachers. And we need preachers. We need preachers in this day and hour. We need preachers more important than what we need politicians. Because what the politicians stand on could be questionable and what they're talking about and what they stand for. But the preachers, the true men and women of God are called of God and they're standing on the word of God. And that's eternal. That's transforming. That's the answer. So may God raise up preachers, mighty men and women of God preaching the gospel. And every one of us are called to evangelize and to share the word of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I get an amen out of that? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Pastor Micah gave away my sermon message. Uh, he didn't preach the message though, but he gave away the title, sort of, and and the series I'm going to start today is Never Give Up. Never Give Up. September is a very important month. September, our children have went back to school or starting classes at home, but they are, nonetheless, they're in school. September is that time that now it's the passing away of, a, of the summer heat and time for harvest. September is a time when pumpkin spice comes out. And you can get pumpkin in everything, any shape, form, and fashion. You can get the flavor of pumpkin, which I happen to like. And I happen to have at home some pumpkin spice, pumpkin pie, pumpkin spice creamer for my coffee. 
But September is so important because I believe that it is a season of prayer and a season that the church of Jesus Christ needs to intercede, truly intercede for the hurting, truly intercede for our nation, truly intercede for the home and the family. We need to pray and seek the face of God. And that's what, that is what prompted me to, to start this series, Never Give Up. Would you pray with me right now? Would you stretch your hand forward and let's pray for God's leading guidance of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord, for all those who have gathered on this holiday weekend to be here at church on Sunday morning. And I just pray, God, that you just bless in a mighty way and empower us and open our hearts, Lord. Let us receive revelation from you and from your word. Holy Spirit, begin to work as only you can in the house and among your people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, I forgot to tell you, we do have what I consider some celebrities in the house this morning. And, and why I say that is because of personal celebrities in my life. It's good to have my sister-in-laws and my niece here today, Carla Eskridge and, and, uh, and, and Chammy. Uh, guest with us and also Laura our niece and so they're uh, they're Leah's sisters I don't know if you see resemblance uh, if they kind of act the way Leah does you know it's it's kind of in that cook it's kind of in the cookie cutter at that guest house years ago so but but we're just so pleased to have them that they traveled uh, uh, Chammy traveled from uh, Shelbyville Ken no Owensville Kentucky I don't know why I say Shelbyville Owensville Kentucky Owensboro Kentucky. Let's get it right, Leah. Amen. <laughs> I take all the credit for that. I really do. But I appreciate them coming, traveling so far to be with us. Hey, would you do me a favor, Justin? Would you turn that light on in that back corner for me? Because it's just some of my OCD may be bugging me. But really, tell you the truth, one light being out can make a difference in a place. That's why we need to have our lights shining because if your light's out, it, you're being missed. Your light out is out, then it's noticed. When your light is on, it's noticed. When it's off, it's noticed. So bless your heart, Justin. I just did a little mini sermon on that, but I don't know why. I just kept looking over, and it just kept on hitting me. It's screaming at me. Turn me on. Turn me on. Turn me on. Amen. Would you do this with me right now? Would you turn to Luke chapter, one, uh, chapter 11, verse 1? I'm going to read from the New King James Version Bible. Never give up. In this season of September, why not claim it? This has been a crazy year, hasn't it? Huh? Let's just claim September turnaround month. Turnaround season and month. Amen. Things are going to get better. The Lord is on the scene. Things always get better when God is on the scene. And Luke chapter 11 verse 1 now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples in this verse of scripture for the longest time in my life I I thought as a young man I I never really paid attention to that scripture I thought and assumed that maybe even your translation of scripture may say teach us how to pray 
but the literal, actual translation is teach us to pray. And I used to think it was because you know, it, it, it was a verse that stood out that said, teach us how to pray, because after that verse, Jesus starts in that chapter, begins to share the Lord's Prayer. And he begins to go through the content and the function and the method of praying and the content and how to approach, what to say, what to concentrate on. There's deep theology in the Lord's Prayer. There's deep, I mean, there would be a very long series I could just linger on the Lord's Prayer. There's deep theology because Jesus always spoke deep things. Even when Jesus said, even when Scripture said Jesus wept, it, there's some deep theology there. Just whatever he did, whatever he said, and whatever, however he walked and where he went, it all had purpose and plan and meaning. If you're living life right now trying, searching for meaning and understanding and purpose, I've got the answer for you. It's Jesus. He'll give you purpose, meaning, direction, and, and, and what life is all about is found in Jesus Christ. You go and find it in other things or look for it in other things in other places and you'll continually be lost. But Jesus brings purpose. So here, I, I, I used to think as the Lord teach me how to pray, but really the verse says, the disciples said, Lord, teach me to pray. Jesus gave them the lesson on how to pray. But actually the question was, Lord, teach us to pray. The answer to that question is not in method or in, or in the, uh, or the proper contents of prayer as Jesus answered to his disciples as to when they prayed giving the Lord's Prayer and he gave example of prayer and how to. But the answer to the disciples' question involves something different. It involves motivation, intention, a person's decision to pray. Not how to pray, but to pray. And Jesus, they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. I believe that why, why did the master answer them that way? Why did he go into the how? Instead of telling them or giving them the answer to their question, teach us to pray. I believe that Jesus knew that when they stepped out on their faith, when he was out of the scene and, and, and wasn't there with them anymore, he knew that they would miss him. His communion, they, they all would miss the communion and fellowship that they had with him. And they would miss his personal lessons that he would give and those things and that since they missed him and missed that and missed those elements that it would drive them to pray. Then he knew also the second portion of it was it no doubt going through Jesus' mind when they asked him the question, teach us to pray, that he knew of all the trials and the pressures and the adversity of the world that would hate them because of him. And that would also activate them to pray. So Jesus wasn't giving answer to the motion 
or the motive. He was presenting a, a, a how to pray, a content to pray, because he knew that there would be those elements in their life of missing him, longing to be with him, desiring to hear from him, desiring to commune with him, and then also all the persecution and adversity. Now, let me pause here for a moment. If you're a Christian, you're just about ready and have already begun to step in a world of adversity that will be against you. You you have an adversary that wants to defeat you and tear you down. How many here has already felt some pressure lately? How many have discovered that Christianity in America isn't always that uh, that 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 place and that title that Americans uh, admire and they and they love it when they hear that you're a Christian. No, if anything, when you mention God, they'll ask you in this postmodern world that we live in. That is, they'll ask you the question, which God are you talking about? Amen. They'll just they'll just bring up. A, they won't like you because I will tell you there is a pressing and a pushing in the present times uh, and it's more than political it's spiritual and the enemy seizing trying to get a foothold on the children of God trying to take advantage of God's people we're not in the prison house yet but we're going to face adversity and arguments and we will face scoffers and mockers and we will face people in the media and in the newspapers in the magazines that will degrade and downplay our faith in Christ. The college campuses for years have disclaimed the validity of Christianity and the truth of the Bible. We're here today because we walked that path as a nation. We are now reaping a fruit of, of seeds that we have sown. So what I'm trying to tell you is that you're going to face those times that you could just be with Jesus. If I could just sit with him, if I could just talk to him, if I could just hear him uh, speak to me and tell me what to do, and then you'll face on the other side of those who are laughing at you and making fun of you because you're one of them, you're one of those Christians, a narrow-minded bigot as you are because you decide that there is an absolute and the absolute is the word of God and the absolute is Jesus Christ that is going to do something and the something that it will do is that when we're being pressured we're going to pray and seek the face of God we want his communion we desire his fellowship we need the strength in adverse times dealing with adversity. God's people will pray. And Jesus knew that. So he didn't talk about their motivations. He talked about how they could pray. I'm not going into the Lord's Prayer. You can search it out. Maybe that's coming. I don't know. In this series... But there's a lot often when, often when all is said about prayer, more is said than done. I've been to prayer breakfast, and it really should have been breakfast prayer. Because breakfast was the highlight. 
Prayer was the afterthought. Yeah, come on. Somebody shout amen. You ever been one of those before? 45 minutes to an hour on eating breakfast. Grandma's finest. And there's nothing wrong with eating grandma's milk gravy and sausage gravy. Ain't nothing like it. Homemade biscuits and oh, some of you salivating already. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. There's nothing wrong with that stuff, but you see the need of the hour and the need of the moment is for God's people to pray because we need to hear from Jesus. We want to be with Jesus. Uh, we want to hear and see and know and believe and our faith increase in Jesus. We need to face a devil that wants to destroy us uh, and the strength within us is not enough. Our strength alone is always too little and too late. Uh, but when it comes down to a child of God who is connected to the Lord and has been with Jesus and been with God in prayer, then I'm telling you all the devils of hell will have a wrestling match with God's people and God's people will always win. Never give up. Now let's go to the text. I'm just kidding. But really, I mean, but really, let's go to Luke chapter 18 verse 1 through 8. I want you to see something here. Never give up. Now, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Luke is writing the first verse. He's giving a, a summary of what is going to happen in the parable. He's giving us a, an understanding of what was the meaning and true meaning of what Jesus' parable that he was going to share right after that. So he gives introduction, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Now, I like in the New Living Translation, there's a different statement there that one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they, and what I like most is that they should also pray, but look at the three words at the end instead of uh, not to, to, to faint or not to get weary, but he says, never give up. That, that, that we ought to pray, always pray, and never give up. Never give up. Oh, you might have forgot to do it on Friday, but I'll tell you, reclaim your authority in Christ and start off tomorrow morning or tomorrow evening and restart. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't quit praying. Never, ever quit never give up and commune and talk with him because the world is depending on you the nation is depending on you your neighbor is depending on you your loved one your lost husband your lost daughter your lost son they're depending on you never give up but pray and pray and pray. There used to be a campaign years ago and it was called Push and it's pray until something happens. Pray until 
something happens. Pray until something happens. We need something to happen. We need God to move in our godless society and culture. We need God to speak to the hearts of our leaders so that their hearts will be turned over to God. Your lost loved one, if they don't get saved, they're going to go to hell and they need someone who will intercede and begin to pray, oh God, save my son. Oh God, save my daughter. Oh God, save my husband. Save my wife. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know I've got the mean preacher look on my face, but I'm feeling it and I'm seeing it and I know that God is speaking to your heart that to pray and never give up. Now, how did Luke come to that conclusion or that introduction? Let me read on. There was a certain city, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Pretty lousy judge, isn't he? We may have a few of those. I don't know. Do not fear God, nor even regard men. I, you talk about someone's lost the meaning of the only person he really cared about was himself. Now there was a widow in that city. Widow meant poor. Widow meant you could be destitute. Widow meant that you didn't have really any legal rights. If your husband was gone and your sons, you had no sons who could stand up for you and with you. Widow meant you were poor, you didn't have anything. But she came. She came to, go ahead Justin. She came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward, afterward, don't you just, you know, afterward means something's coming after. It said that he would not for a while, but afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge, I will avenge I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's something happens when distraction runs into determination. Those distract you get the attention of the distracted when they run into a determined person. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And this is what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith? on the earth. In this parable, to illustrate his point, Jesus used what is considered a classic rabbi, lesser to greater argument. 
that rabbis would use to teach. If this lesser thing is true, then certainly this greater thing would be true. He describes this mean-spirited judge who fears neither God nor man. The judge only does the right thing because he's so sick and tired of this woman continuing to pester him. Come on, guys, be quiet. Um, I just thought I'd save some men right now. You can, you can pay, pay me later. I saved your life. Amen. Got tired of this woman continuing to pester him and afraid she might escalate, maybe even to boldly do an attack on him. Jesus then contrasts the judge with God who will certainly do the right thing for us. If the mean-spirited judge comes through, that's the lesser of the argument, this mean-spirited judge. If he will come through, then how much more will God come through for you? And that's the greater argument that he's trying to say, Jesus is trying to share. That if this judge that could care less about you, a judge that lives on bribes, a, a judge that thinks only about himself and doesn't believe in God, nor in the principle of humanity and loving people, if he through the constant crying out and prayer of this widow crying out for justice, how much more will your God who loves you and cares for you, who is almighty, who has no limits and has no end, who is the Alpha and the Omega, who is the one that loves you with, the word says, an everlasting love. Hallelujah. The one that committed his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And if that lesser judge will do it because he doesn't want to be bothered anymore, then you can know and understand that your God who is greater will hear you the moment that you cry out and he will speedily begin to do things that only he can do. I don't know about you, but I want my God and I need my God and I need God to do something that only he can do in my life. Have you ever been to that place where you have tried to figure it out? You have tried to work it out. You've even gotten on Facebook and told someone something, a thing or two, and you didn't get any type of answer that you were looking for. You were looking for the lesser to take care of the need. But Jesus said you need to turn to the greater. You need to turn to the one and never give up. Cry out to him and believe. Pastor, I've been praying for my lost loved one for 10 years. Never give up. Oh, pastor, I've been praying for a better job and vocation. Never give up. Keep on believing and praying. Amen. And even though our nation may be going as though to hell in a handbasket and, and we have uh, aborted millions of babies and we have done things that are contrary to the word of God, let me tell you, never give up. Pray for your nation. Pray for your leaders. Pray for revival and a turn around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Don't put limits on your God. When you quit, you just put a limit on God. He's not going to answer. He's not going to do anything. I just quit. And you may have just quit right before around the corner. The results were going to be seen. But I love to know this as Jesus is speaking here. Though there was a responsibility of the widow and she continued to cry out. Now see, the courtroom wasn't a courtroom like today. The courtroom was an open area tent. And the judge would travel from city to city and he'd have his staff. And usually people who would bribe the staff member would be the ones to be able to hear from the judge. So she didn't have any money to pay her way in. But she sure had a voice. She still had a voice. And she cried out. He couldn't hardly think straight because she's crying out. Listen, let me tell you about your God. Your God is not deaf. It's not like you've got to scream and holler so he's going to hear you. Your God is not one to play around with your needs and your situation. God doesn't play games with us. He cares about us and he loves us. We serve a great God. So what I want you to know is cry out to him because he is wanting. Not only see this, this, this judge, the lesser example, he did it because he was aggravated and he finally responded. But your God wants, it gives the Father good pleasure to give give his children the kingdom. God loves to answer prayer. God loves to move on your behalf. He don't have to be chided. He doesn't have to be begged to. You just cry out to him and believe in him in prayer and never give up. How many here have something happen to you in your life because you never gave up? Raise your hand. You never gave up. Don't give up on him. Don't give up on him. Hallelujah. Why? I mean, when you, we read this verse, that Jesus mentions that this ungodly judge says about God and says about God, he says, Shall not God avenge his own elect? who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. We turn to our God because, hey, he's God. He's God. To a mixed up world with mixed up ideas of authority and power, let me tell you, there's none who sit beside him. There's none who ever will sit beside him. He is God. He is God. Hallelujah. 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 Why wouldn't we turn to Almighty God? Your God will come through for you. Turn to your neighbor said, My God will come through for me. Oh, come on, say it again like you. Preach it to him. Go on, give it to him. You know, preach it to him. My God. My God will come through for me. Hallelujah. Why wouldn't you say that? Because our God, he is an interactive. He's interactive with his people. 
in Isaiah 48 and 17. It says, this is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you, for you and leads you through along the paths that you should go. Psalm 86 and 7 says, I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble and you will answer me. Our God is interactive with us. He gets involved. He's interested in me. Go and turn your neighbor and say, and, oh yeah, he's interested in me, yeah. He's interested in me. He's in, you look in the mirror every day and look in the mirror and say, my God is interested in me. My God is interested in me. In Matthew 7, 7 through 11, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what a man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish would you give him a serpent if you then be evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him our God is interested in us not only is he interested he is responsive to his people in Psalm 50 and 15 says call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me Psalm 55 and 16 says as for me I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Psalm 91 and 5, 91 and 15 he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Psalm 118 5 through 6 I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large room. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Hallelujah. Because the Lord has saved us. He's put us in a large room. Do you understand what that is? Some of us have been feeling pretty cooped up lately. Some of us have been abiding to some maybe sensible regulation. Some of us are doing things because it's governor said so and CDC says so and there's this spirit and attitude that dear God can I please finally break out and get loose and set free well your God if you call upon him he'll pick you up and not put you in some little log cabin room where there's nowhere to even sit down in he'll take you and put you in a large room where my little grandsons can run around as much as they can and we can enjoy the space and the room that God has given us is there anybody free in the house does anybody believe that your God is responsive to your prayers? Hallelujah. 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 Psalm 116.2 Because he has inclined his ear to me therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. Never give up. Never give, oh man, listen, I can just go, 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 go here, you know. Because the thing is, the word of God confirms it. Your God cares about you. He's a righteous judge. 
He's our redeemer. He sits on the throne. Sits on the throne. Not a throne of look at me. But a throne of what can I do for you. That is the throne of God. He rules and reigns with righteous judgment. The world and universe stays in order because of him who sits on the throne. And in that same throne, we can boldly approach through the name of Jesus Christ and boldly approach him through Christ and he will hear us and he will respond. This is why we need to pray. We need to pray. I find out when I don't pray enough to God, I get angrier a lot easier. I get fed up a little bit quicker too. I want to give someone peace of my mind and I don't have any to spare. My poor wife, she's had to listen to so much lately. I listen to her, but she has to listen to so much with me because something, I don't know if you realize it or not, the older you get, the more opinion you have. Oh, uh, now, 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 wait a minute. We do call it wisdom, but it's still opinion. Let the word of God be the word on our lips. Let our prayers be our language and our talk. We're hurting, folks. We are hurting. We're hurting. We've just faced something that's going to forever reshape things in our world but maybe what the devil meant for our harm God meant it for our good and maybe he's shaping us into his shape his mold his identity and we're discovering God for ourselves, not not grandma's God or mama's God but my God you know what I'm saying when I was a boy I served the God of my mom I went to church with her. I listened to her and heard her pray, and my faith was the faith of my mom. But then I came to, when I got saved, Jesus introduced himself to me. And I realized I needed him in my life. When I became a man, I realized that I cannot run on my parents' faith, but on my faith. My faith and my God. Now, let me close out with this in verse 8. Can you put up verse 8, Justin? Of the same chapter 18 of Luke. Then Jesus says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. God will move on the scene. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Now, that's really important because I wrestled with chapter 17. I wrestled with it because so much I thought, well, I get into the end times, but I got, I got marred up in it because God was wanting us to pray and talk about prayer. But this is why Jesus said this in verse 8. When the Son of Man comes, because in chapter 17, he talks about the Son of Man coming, setting his kingdom on earth, and the last and judgment. And then somehow... He puts prayer in chapter 18 at the beginning of that verse after he just talked about the end of the world and the new age and God's kingdom and end times. And then he says here, this is why he said it, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? See, there's a hole 
There we go. There's a whole lot of I believe in God. I believe in God. I don't live for God, but I believe in God. See, so, you know, but I believe in God. There's a whole lot of I believe in God. Well, even the devil would say, I believe there's a God. Yeah. I believe in God, and that's where the world's at. There's a whole lot of believing in God. But will the Lord find faith? Faith is that belief in operation, everyday living, living for the Lord. Will he find faith? And this will be cultivated in a life of prayer and the word of God. Praying, seeking him. Jesus said he just talked about prayer in the parable here about the woman praying, crying out. And he says, when I come back to earth, will I really find faith? So we need to build our faith and get strong in the Lord. Because I will tell you, I'm saying this online and everywhere. Jesus is coming soon. These are the last days. Quit playing games. Quit playing games. Now's the time to seek the Lord. Now's the time to seek God. He's for you. He's not against you. He loves you and he wants to receive you. Will you bow your head just for a moment? I really feel the leading of the Holy Spirit in this. You in this room right now and God's dealing with you about your, your so-called relationship with him. Is it a make-believe relationship or is it real? Do you have him as a savior? Do you believe in God? Well, that's okay. You believe in God. But even the devil believes there's a God. Jesus is looking for faith. He's looking for faith. And right now, while no one's looking around, the Holy Spirit's moving. Are you away from God right now? Now's the moment in time you turn to him. Now's, now's the moment in time. And you know you need forgiveness of sins. Just raise your hand and let it down. This is important because you're signifying not to me, but to God. God, here I am. I recognize the fact that I need you as Savior. I need forgiveness. Just raise your hands and let it down. God will see your hand. The Lord will see your hand. The Lord will see your hand. Anyone in the house? Anyone in the house? This is not a season for games. Most of our games don't even have a season anymore. It's a season of getting real. Is there anyone in the house say, I need to pray, I need the Lord, I need the Lord. Raise your hand quickly, quickly, quickly. Thank you so very much. I'd like for the worship team to come. And I want us to pray. I want us to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is this still going? Charles, still going. And maybe the live is too. If you're watching, I want to encourage you to find Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Pray this prayer and accept the Lord. Right now, right where you're at, you may see this later. It may not be live, but a film, but right now, pray this prayer now. Pray it. Find the spot. Pray it from your heart. Dear Lord, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross for me. And you rose on the third day. Be Lord of my life. Let faith arise in me. In Jesus' name.
you prayed that prayer the Lord forgave you you put it in the comments say I prayed I prayed the Lord forgave me I'd like to see the comments and I will look at them I will look at them I'll pray for you I bless you listen this is a season of harvest this is a season of bringing in the sheaves of bringing in the lost of reaching lost for Jesus Christ this is a season of prayer it's a prayer if you're saved today I will tell you somebody prayed for you you would not have received a realization of your lost condition unless somebody prayed for you they interceded for you we need to pray and seek God how many here have lost loved ones in your family you know people around and and you love them the element of the unjust judge was he didn't care about people, but you do. And you're going to pray and seek God for God to save the lost and save your family. If you don't pray for them, who will? Who will? You need to pray. Never give up. Never give up. Pray for our nation. Pray for our country. For a spiritual revival to break out in our country. For God to give wisdom to his people. Understand the importance of this time and this season. Pray for God to have his way in you and make a commitment. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to pray every day. Maybe you made that commitment and, and you've already messed up on Friday. That's okay. Monday is tomorrow. Tomorrow's another day. Go. Pray. Restart. Keep going. Keep pressing. Amen, amen. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up.